Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Pod Couple. I'm J.D. Mullane, columnist for the Bucks County Courier Times. And I'm Phil John Ficaro, columnist for the Intelligencer, and we are both columnists for the Burlington, Burlington County, County Times. Times. We got it. Headline today, a year of COVID. This month marks one year since corona, the coronavirus pandemic struck hard in the U.S. and hit hard in Bucks County, too. 45,000 reported cases, 1,132 deaths. There's more to it than that, though. Lockdowns came by order of Governor Wolf, and businesses were ordered to close uh, by ex-health director Rachel Levine. It devastated the Pennsylvania economy. And last September, it was estimated that 100,000 small businesses across Pennsylvania had permanently closed due to those lockdowns connected to the pandemic. I'm happy to report that our guest today is not one of those businesses that close. Marty McLaughlin owns and operates with his lovely wife, Linda, Extreme Fitness, a gym and training facility in Falls Township in Fallsington. Uh, it's not only thriving, he's looking to expand. So here to tell us how he and his wife did it is Marty McLaughlin. Marty, welcome. No, welcome, thanks, Marty. Guys, it's great to see you. And, um, and I'm glad we're all still here. And everybody <laughs> looks great, man. So yeah. Congratulations to us all. What a year. What a year, man. Yeah. Well, a year ago when we talked, uh, I visited your gym and uh, you weren't sure what your future would be. Um, so take us back to that terrible moment when your business was ordered closed. What were you thinking? Wow. Well, you know, we were really in a in a uh, in a tailspin because um, literally when when the news of COVID had really broken and, I, and I'll use the the Tom Hanks diagnosis as a reference on that. Most of us will remember that. My wife and I were on a cruise ship and I'm um, thinking uh, we didn't know what to expect. We were actually the last cruise ship allowed to re-enter the country when all of this went on. And, um, you know, we really, we just, we didn't know what to expect. We got to Philadelphia International Airport. There was not a body in it. In fact, there was pigeons walking around inside the airport so it just it just felt like a movie and uh that was on a, a, a saturday that we arrived back sunday came we prepared to go back to work monday we came to work monday and then the very next day uh, we were looking at the first shutdown that we had to immediately find a way to deal with and um it it, it it's terrifying i mean what what could we possibly what could we possibly do? So, yeah, because you you had spent uh, twenty years building your practice, and then uh, ten years uh, building of that twenty years, ten years building your gym, yeah. and putting a, sinking a lot of money into it. And here the doors were closed, and because you're a gym, you know, in Fallsington, you go there and uh, right off Lower Morrisville Road, and people come in and they work out. Generally, it's either class or one-on-one -on -one personal training. Right. Uh, for people who, you know, are 
for whatever they need personal training for. Uh, and, uh, and that was all gone now. So wow. yeah. what, what was the first thing you did? Did you consult with other gym owners? Did you did you go to the Internet and, and look up what can I do now? Uh, what, what was your first step in in not losing your business? Well, you know, it 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 had there, there was only one answer. And, it, you know, it was something that as a business I had been trying to cultivate since you know, the, the ability to train people online was a possibility. So, um, but we've never been able to dig into that. You know, there was a lot of, of large entities, large corporations that were managing a lot of that business. And, you know, you, you, you spend your career trying to build a reputation where you are, and that's hard enough to get people to realize this is what I would go there for. And I'm going to go there because I've heard so-and-so say something, things like that. But to try to generate business in your state, in this country or globally with people who don't even know who you are, it was an impossibility for me. I just, I couldn't, couldn't get a grasp on it, but it was the only logical step to make. So um, we just, that, that day, that closure happened. We immediately sent uh, emails and text messages to our entire community, both the people who we train with, that we guided nutrition, that come to our group classes and say, look, we are going virtual tomorrow. This is just the way we have to do it. I don't want to skip a class. I don't want to skip a session. Uh, we will hand deliver equipment to you at your house. And Linda and I in the back of our pickup truck threw barbells and dumbbells and kettlebells and bands and balls. And we delivered right to people's doors, set it outside on the porch. We didn't talk to anybody or, you know, we were already trying to be socially distanced. And um, we delivered almost every piece of equipment that we could take out of the gym to their home so they would have something to work with. Um, but, the, you know, the reality of it was, as we experienced, we, we instantly lost about 80% of our personal training business. Just like that, it was the flip of a switch. And that's for us where we, that's that's what pays our bills. That's what we're known for in this county. And um, so we, we had to really start putting the effort into uh, group exercise. And I actually made a decision for the entire first month to do a once a day, every single day, except for Sunday for free, we just went on to Facebook. We went live at noon and Linda and I and sometimes one of our other instructors would come in and, and we just put it out there for people, to, you know, to to get them off the couch, to get them thinking about fitness. And um, and it, it helped. It, it helped us get our message across that you had to move. And um, and we just that was the last <laughs> the last time we really slept a good night. We worked very hard, man. You know, yeah. Marty, I I have a best friend back home whose son owns a, a gym in Center City, Philadelphia. It's called Leverage Fitness, uh, Rob Licata, uh, a, a good friend. Uh, and, uh, you know, I was talking to his dad and he was talking about he's sounding just like you. How how do we fill these gaps now? Uh, you know, I have this huge mortgage or uh, a rent that I have to pay every month. I have all these employees that I'm worried about. Um, you know, so there was this unknown of how how am I going to sustain not only myself but but help my employees? Um, 
how how do how were you able to sustain yourself financially during that period? Oh, it was madness. You know, at the time, um, we probably only had about I'll say maybe eight group classes in the course of a week. As I said, you know, our our revenue was generated by other means, which came to a standstill. So we in that 24 hours of trying to assemble um, a pivot in business of what are we going to do, we just decided to throw group classes all over the spectrum. And I think at one point we were doing uh, 21 classes a week. So we just threw multiple classes in every day. And um, then we really just, you know, we, we looked over the rest of the local businesses around us, what are they charging per month for unlimited classes? Um, we were doing things via the Zoom network, of course. So myself, my staff, we never used Zoom before. So we had to become instant Zoom people and understand how this worked and um, uh, and find a, a way. So we, we offered a low fee, $5.00 for people to come into a class as once at a time. And then we just decided to say, look, we're just gonna charge 50 bucks. That's it, $50. Let's get as many classes as you can squeeze into in a month and try to ease people's minds. When we knew other facilities were charging $150 a month, they never changed what they were doing. They just took what they were doing and put it online for the same cost. And it just, it, it, my wife and I, it just rubbed us wrong. Didn't feel like it was the right thing to do. And um, so we just had to cross our fingers and say, you look right now, we know all the hard work we've put in for 20 years of trying to build a reputation in this business based on what we do is now gone. It's, it's gone. There's too much fear. No one's going to come into the gym. We weren't allowed to be open. So let's just go hour to hour throughout the day teaching group classes. And um, I brought my staff members in. My other trainers would come in and relieve us from the computer screen. Uh, we put up professional lighting. We set up an, an outdoor spot in the gym open where we could get this done. And um, we actually even got a couple of uh, corporate hookups from uh, some consulting companies. So we were all of a sudden working with people in Florida, in Texas, in California, in Montana, um, in Alabama. And that that's, they started talking to people. And we instantly, very luckily, I'm going to say, in fact, we were blessed. We managed for the first time to break out of who knew us here. And once we started to generate that spider web of connections throughout the United States. Um, it led us to getting some people in Alaska, in Ireland, in Mexico, and we, we had a, a, a global concept for the first time. It was amazing. Yeah, well, you know, the harder you work, the more you're blessed, I always say. So <laughs> it's a lot of work. You know, Marty, throughout the, the lockdowns uh, last year, uh, gym owners uh, especially the private gym owners seem to be at the forefront uh, of the headlines of small business uh, people disobeying public orders, criticizing them bitterly. Do you think, um, you know, I guess in the early days, none of us really knew what coronavirus COVID-19 was going to do. You know, it started out uh, two weeks and, and we need two weeks to flatten the curve. Right. And then here we are. We're still here. So do you think that uh, at the beginning, giving Governor Wolf and Rachel Levine some slack there, because we didn't know, but by, say, May, June, July, when we knew for sure 
who this virus was affecting that they should have eased up on uh, on gyms gym owners and the other question is why why gym owners why are they why were they the ones like the guys over in Belmar New Jersey the uh, guy here and all that you know they were, but they were popping up all around the country, and I'm wondering why that is. Yeah, I, you know, I, 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 you know, my personal opinion, and I'm going to say it just like that is, you know, there's always going to in in those crazy situations, there are going to be people who are going to use that as a tool for publicity, and I'm just going to leave it like that. Okay. Uh, any business is good business, and if you can find a way to get people to come through your door, whether it's the people who would normally come through your door or other people, we all needed to pay our bills. Those guys needed to pay their bills. We needed to pay our bills. And how quickly gyms and restaurants and things were put on the chopping block when we all, as a business owner, were saying, but, you know, I can go to the big box store, which we'll, we'll, we'll call nameless, and touch every product on a shelf and keep on moving down the line while everybody else is touching a product on a shelf. And that's okay. So we were really hurt by that choice. And look, you know, you know me, John, I've been in gyms since 1982, long time. They are generally, and more so then than now, very dirty places. You know, there, there's gym owners that just don't spend the time to disinfect and to clean. And, you know, when I started my career at a big box gym, I could tell you stories about watching people rub their eyes and fingers in their nose and then go right onto a pair of dumbbells. I've seen it. I get it. Yeah. You know, we were very lucky here in that we all, that was just a pet peeve of mine as a business owner from the beginning. And our community knew how much we were working and keeping the facility clean prior to any of this going on. We mopped the floors after every class anyway. We sprayed down dumbbells and cleaned the handles anyway. So that was another piece of, I think, what, what our blessing was, um, especially coming back when we were allowed to open. That people felt comfortable that that we were going to do everything possible to to keep the facility clean, but uh, you know I'm still bothered by the fact that even just here at the end of December into January we were closed again. Uh, it, it just we weren't really given a, a solid chance to to do our job. Yeah, it, it, it just was. It it seemed like there were I don't know what metrics they were looking at when it came to gyms, but you know, Target and, and those big box retailers could stay open. And by the way, that big box gym, you know, today everybody is now forced to carry around a bottle of disinfectant and, and spray. And if you don't have your mask on correctly and you don't spray afterward, somebody's going to speak to you about that. So, hey, Marty. Yeah. Hey, Marty. Marty coronavirus has improved the health situation. And, and right. There, there's silver linings all over the place in this tragedy of a year. I, I, I stand by that, man. And they, one of the silver linings, Marty, is that, uh, you know, I remember, you know, talking to you in your gym and you were sitting on that box, that crate, and you look so worried. But now a year later, uh, you're actually looking to expand, correct? Yeah, well, you know, we've uh, and, and that was part of just all the nervousness we had to go through. Um, you know, this is this the, the facility I'm in right now is our, our fourth, basically. Been very fortunate in managing to never have to renew a lease where we were. We were always able to move forward and expand and grow. It's been a wonderful, hard ride. But um, the the goal all along was to get where we want to go now. You know, I didn't know 
how many leapfrogs it was going to take me to get there. But uh, we, we had a 10-year lease at our current location, and here we are finally now in the last months of that. I, I literally have to be out of this building on the last day of 2021, and um, we had a plan. We were set. We knew what we wanted to do. Our wheels were turning better than ever, and, and, then, and then the door got slammed in our face. So figuring out how can we not take our eyes off that prize – and stay afloat, stay in business. It, it required every ounce of energy, passion, compassion, understanding that we could have for not just our existing community, but for the local community so that they may feel more comfortable, maybe for the first time ever, coming into our facility when we were allowed to be open or giving our online programs a try. How can we grow this business so that we lose no momentum and we can still keep that going. And um, you know, as I knock on the wood, I say to people all the time now, um, all like you said, the hustling pays off. We actually have come out. We're not done with COVID, but at this point today, a year later, financially, um, uh, business-wise, we are significantly stronger than the day before we went into this. So uh, it. it yeah. uh, we had to do, we had to make that happen, man. Marty, Marty, JD, JD had mentioned, you know, we didn't know much about COVID a year ago this month, but maybe into June, July, maybe August, you know, we start to get a sense of what we need to do to protect ourselves and others. Um, you know, in situations like that, businesses or industries usually have a, a lobby uh, so that, you know, to try to explain to those who are making the rules, look, here, here's what we plan to do to to make sure everyone is safe. You know, masks and disinfectant and you know air filtration systems in right. in uh, in places. Yeah. Um, and you know, you well know there's a balance between staying safe and how much fitness plays a role in battling COVID. The healthier you are, the safer you can be. Really? Um, you know, when when you when you re recall what happened. You know, June, July, August came and the doors still weren't open. And, and, and you know, you, you're, you're mindful of all these safeguards that you have in your, in your place. Um, it's had to be maddening. Oh, oh the, and it, it was hard to not be angry every day. You know, and I, I, I thank my wife. She is literally the best thing that's ever happened to me. She was, um, she was my solace. She kept me grounded and reminded me of why I got into this business and, um, you know, really helped me to believe that regardless of what was going on around us, that I was going to be able to keep coming up with it. You're brilliant. You're doing a good job. This is going fine. What's your next idea? What's your next idea? And we we probably have our business model over the past years been like a chameleon. We literally had to just kind of follow the news follow what was going on and then do our best to work a way to counter that at some point in different styles of group classes, bringing more beginner classes online right up until February of this year when we, you know, I, I put together a plan to start a post COVID infection recovery program. That's a online only virtual, super slow, super gentle program to make people 
feel like they can get back to their lives again. My wife and I, um, on December 17th, we were diagnosed with COVID. We both got hit finally. And, um, I, you know, no lie, 51 years old. It was the sickest I've ever been in my life. And she says the same thing, uh, just couch ridden to get off the couch and go outside and try to take a walk up and down our street was the hardest thing ever to do. So we, we really had, we, I missed 18 days of work. So we had a great understanding and that was good for me. Uh, Experience is the best teacher and um, trying to understand how to bounce out of that help lead me into that program. So where I'm going is that I'm sure we're not done by the time this particular year is over we will have had to reshape and reform what we do if we want to keep growing. And that's what every business owner, I think, you know, should be trying to do is just keep the pivot swinging. And, um, you know, a lot of people around me that own fitness-based businesses, I remember talking to them when the first lockdown came and they were just totally at peace. This is some downtime. Everything's going to go back to normal in no time. We're just going to sit back and, and enjoy some downtime and that just didn't seem like the right choice to me and you know sadly some of those businesses are gone now so um it, yeah. it's I, i've never known anything else but try to hustle and um, I've, I've got some great support man. marty yeah. uh many people who get covid are experiencing lingering effects even after their their the virus is, is out of their system are, are you or your wife fortunate enough not to be experiencing that i wish i could tell you that man i i it is as an athlete, as a as a, a my whole life, a basically very healthy person. It is the most frustrating thing I've ever really had to try to file in my mind. And you know, I'm a guy that, you know, when I work out myself, I wear a heart rate monitor. I'm always checking where's my heart rate, how long is it taking me to get my heart rate back to normal, how many calories am I burning in a session? It's I I like I like tracking my health much more than I track my weight, track my fitness, I should say. So coming back the first time trying to exercise again after all of our symptoms were behind us, um, I couldn't believe the lack of aerobic capacity. I I couldn't believe that for me to do something with some cardiovascular nature behind it, uh, where normally, you know, I'd be at, you know, for conversation's sake, you know, a level 10 on a step mill and riding at about 160 beats a minute. I was at level three and at 160 beats a minute. And then when normally I could cut that rate down to a level three and my heart rate would drop down to a resting level in 30 seconds, I would drop the level down. And three minutes later, my heart rate was still in the upper 150s. So the, the reality of what it does to your lungs, what it does to your heart as a muscle and the whole capacity of your body is we're still struggling. Still. Marty, Marty, I think that's part of this whole story that gets lost that, you know, people get it, they survive it. But there's this other whole story where, as you just mentioned, there's this lingering effect that, and you wonder when is it going to go away? I have a friend who's a biker and a runner and he's like 10 months out and he said, my lungs just are not the same. No, no. I'm actually, you know, and I, I'm, 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 again, I'm very on my health. I finally have my yearly 
physical coming up here in just a week and um, I get my blood work done on Wednesday and I'm anxious. I'm anxious to go and sit with my primary care physician who's been my physician since I was a young, since I was a late teenager and, um, and explain this story to him because, um, you know, I'm interested in, are they going to do a chest x-ray? Take a look at my lungs. Were they damaged? Um, are they going to take a look at my heart? Did it enlarge? I don't know. Um, rebuilding strength and rebuilding cardiovascular capacity, falling asleep on the couch. As soon as we get home, the, the overwhelming waves of fatigue, the brain fog, all these symptoms, these are real. I can't get this word out. I forgot why I came into this room more than normal. Right. Um, it's, it's a learning. Marty, are you, are you dealing with, with customers who experience the same kind of things? Very much so. And, um, you know, over all of this time, um, not just in the online platform, but in the facility platform, uh, we watched them come back and they were here for two or three classes or two or three personal training sessions. And then they called us and said, look, I just, I can't do this. I'm not ready. I don't know what to do. I'm going to take another week off and see what happens. And we've watched some of those people come in and then disappear for a month come in and disappear for a week and they don't want to give up and they love what they do and they feel comfortable in this environment, but their body is just not cooperating to a point. And um, we, we try to counsel them um, in the way of don't get angry about that. You know, don't be so disappointed. I know you want to be where you were. We all do. Everybody in the gym talks about what they used to do, but generally we're reflecting back on things we did 20 years ago not things that we did a month ago or six months or even a year ago. So the, the loss of, of positivity in going to the gym and feeling like you've accomplished something and we've lost people permanently because of it. They just, they, they couldn't wrap that around. And still to this day, I'm working with people virtually that I started working with right after the first closure who just said to me then, and they're saying it to me now, I will never go into a gym again. I'm just not okay with it. I like this format. I'm getting a good workout by you, and this is how it's going to be. So we're, we're, we're doing everything we can. Marty, by the uh, big clock on Phil's wall, I see we're out. Thanks for having it there. It, it helps me keep track of time. So uh, where can people find extreme fitness, Marty? Well, for the time being, anyway, we'll say it like that. We are at Six Headley Place. Uh, that's in Fallsington. And believe it or not, everybody watching, that's in Fairless Hills. I know you may not know where Fallsington is. We answer that question all the time. Beautiful little historic town. Uh, you can find us at Extreme Fitness, P as in Peter, A as in Apple.com. And generally, if you just go on to Facebook or any social networking platform and type Extreme Fitness in the search bar, uh, chances are you're going to find us. We are we are not a regular gym. We don't allow people to just come in and work out. That's not how we roll. We are a very private facility that does very specific things um, for specific people and special populations. And we love what we do. We just uh, we hope that a year from now, maybe we're all going to get together again and um, we're, we're having a much different conversation about how much better everyone and everything is. But I have a feeling we're all still going to be wearing masks. And um, trying to find a way to not get sick. I think that's what's going to happen. Yeah, the mask thing. I think that's a cultural shift. Well, yeah. that's all for today. Uh, join us here weekly for calm and reasonable discussion. 
get our podcasts wherever you find fine pop wherever you find fine podcasts uh read our columns and all our award-winning local content on our websites at the curry the intel and the burlington county times better yet subscribe i just saw a special of uh, three months for a buck you can't beat that um it's not a lot of dough and you'll be supporting local journalism like this where we get to talk to great guys like marty mclaughlin uh about the year of covid So for all of us here, I'm JD. I'm Phil. For all of us here in the newsroom, thanks for watching, thanks for listening, but especially thanks for reading. Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.